0: Back everybody to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership,
1: spirits, and everything in between.
0: Oh yeah, we're back in the lab with a pen and a pad and a mic, and here and we go. is in, <laughs> in your hand, Vent City's finest. Yes. All right, so uh, got a, another uh, exciting episode for you. Um, our current event. Uh, is something a little bit more personal this this time around it uh, is we're going to discuss clinton's oma passing and then we're going to go into a listener's question which is one of our newest kind of things is um, the question is is character the most important trait in hiring new individuals we're going to dig into that and then we're going to follow that up with how do you stay connected while working remotely and our cocktail du jour, and I'm surprised we haven't hit this one yet, but uh, is the classic, I don't know if we're allowed to say, it, but the classic Moscow mule. The Putin mule. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> the Putin donkey. Yeah, so we are going to have the Moscow mule. We got our uh, copper cups here, and uh, we're going to mix it up for you guys. So, Clint. You know, your Oma passed uh, away a couple of days ago. It's, you know, a little bit... I, we, we discussed this uh, over coffee, how we were going to present this in this um, forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you give us a little bit of history about Oma? And then we'll, we're going to tie that into leadership and the and, you know, importance of the people around
1: us. For sure, yeah. You know, um, One of the, the words that really sticks out to me is the word resilience, right? So 94.5 years old, not just a terrible radio station, but the age of my uh, late, great uh, Oma Helga Hildegard Heinrich was her maiden name. It uh, goes by uh, Helga Schultz as of late. Um yeah, she just passed. It's, it was it was been a tough week for the family, of course. Um, left an incredible legacy, though. Just a lovely woman. Uh, had her wits about her right to the very end. Sharp as a tack. Everything that she did, she put a hundred percent, one hundred ten percent in. She's great at everything she did, not just as a mother or as a grandmother or even a great grandmother, which I think she was, you know, probably the best at was being one of those um she was great at art she was great at drawing and at reading and uh and writing and all these different things spoke multiple languages um but you know triple h was uh was a big um influence in my life and and it brings me back to the word resilience so Mm -hmm. you know she's born in the 20s to an aristocrat kind of higher-end family in berlin germany of course um they were rebuilding at that point um from world war, war I. one yeah world war. they owned a bunch of horse stables and of course horses were
0: uh how you move people around
1: oh yeah well not even that, but in the Far war more. you know they the horses were integral especially in world war one and and they built back their empire and i think there there was a photo she showed me when she was just a little girl and she was sitting on the emperor of german germany's uh lap so that's how like high up they were in the mm. you know in the prestige of things so but of course world war Two hit um when she was about 12 years old from 12 to 17, those five years where she kind of grew up and became a woman, uh, she spent her time in bomb shelters and, um, you know, and watching friends and family close to her die, you know, and uh, tough time. but um, She made it through. She met my grandfather. They moved here. Uh, in the 50s brought my mom and my aunt and my uncle over here and they were you know they were foreigners they were uh, immigrants they they didn't speak the language they did a little bit in Germany I think you you're taught English as a second language in school there right. um, but you know they were they were outsiders and so not only did she have to fight through the war and surviving that um, she had to she had to mo- move her family to another country and, and survive that transition right. uh, racism and being uh, you know singled out you know obviously tough to be a german citizen and, and moving to a north american country after world war ii i mean that's we can imagine what she went through um i know my mom was bullied not just in school by her by her peers but even by teachers like wow, it, was, yeah. it was a tough time right so um but anyways yeah so she lived a great life unfortunately she passed away we're, we're, we're still not too sure what happened to her we, we think she had a bit of a virus it could have been covid could have been anything yeah
0: at that um, 94 and a half, yeah.
1: happens, right? so, <clears throat> Um, but we will find out. And for me, tying it back to leadership, and one of the reasons why I think it's a great thing to bring up as our current event is, is again that word re- resilience. And I, and she instilled that in me. No matter how t- tough life gets, um, things are temporary, and you need to really keep a focus on the you know the grass is the light in the, the tunnel, or the grass is going to be greener on the other side. And just and sometimes you just got to bite your lip and 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 bear down and and work through things. And and I think as a leader, we face that on the daily.
0: Yeah. And I think a famous quote that I love to use uh, is Winston Churchill's and it is if you're going through hell keep going. Right? Yeah. So your oma, you know, when I did a bit of research too into it, the years she was born and and that era, I mean she worked she lived through World War 2, she lived through the international financial collapse and the Wall Street crash which is the biggest financial collapse of the US economy ever. For sure. So for, from a young age, she made it through all these things and worked to get there. There was no, there was, at that era, that time, there was no such thing as the word entitlement. Even though you mentioned that she was at the, you know, in the family is at the highest peak of their, you know, sitting on the emperor's lap. There's no entitlement there. Everyone had to work. Everyone had to grind to get through that.
1: Yeah, you know, the people of, Berlin, the citizens, you know, obviously they're on the wrong side of war, of the, of mm-hmm. the, of, you know, of, of, of the war, but, um, you know, one thing a lot of people don't understand is, you know, not everybody was a Nazi, that's, a, that was a German, you know, yes,
0: no, no, not everyone was, part, yeah, part of that, like saying everybody yeah.
1: here was in, liberal. a liberal, yeah, yeah. but you're, yeah. you could not, be, yeah, so, you know, it's, um, it's tough but you know, yeah you're right she fought through that and she you know they lived off rations towards the end people were starving to death um but they made it through and yeah. when they got comfortable and they made enough money they got out of there and they started a whole new life here and, and that's you know i wouldn't be here today if they if she never fought and and made it this far so yeah so i thank her for that and, and of course we dedicate this episode to her so. to
0: her yeah absolutely. And. Something else I wanted to kind of link with, you know, Oma and the people around us, our fa- our parents, our grandparents, is the traits that they, you know, release upon us. We watch it. We, you know, Clint obviously said resiliency from from Oma, but we we adapt and we adopt these these. These traits and these things that these people teach us at an early age, right? Absolutely. So, if yeah. your your father's you know out stealing cars and you're watching it and he and he's you know endorsing it, you know you can fall down that path, right? So it's um, it's it's good to have the quality people around you to be, be able to be your guiding light, and sure. and your oma is one of those people that's kind of that guiding light that. You know, you've had a numerous amounts of surgeries, right? And kind of on that, you're down on the bottom. You're working your way back up. but You're being resilient. You're yeah. doing your physio. You're doing the surgeries. You're getting better. You're getting healthier. You're. It's coming back. It's, you're yeah. coming back. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, if you didn't have the resiliency and you just want to, I'm just going to lay on the couch and that's I'm done. That's that's
1: for sure. Not you. Yeah. Well, no, one thing I, I admired about her as well is is how positive she always was. And I, you know, like, again later on in her life things were a lot better than the earlier parts of her life right mm-hmm. when she lost everybody and lost everything yeah, yeah. but um but it's like how do you how do you still i used to remember thinking like how are you so happy and how are you such a good grandmother and how do you like just have so much love to give you know but maybe she had to go through all that dark stuff to be able to appreciate things more you know and so to your point yeah it's nice to have those good role models around but for people that don't sometimes you have to go through the shit to appreciate the, the finer things in life. Um, or you have to see the dark before you can appreciate the light, yep. right? And so, yeah. um, so even I have a cousin who grew up and he grew up in a bad home, and his brother and sister turned out to be just like their parents druggy and stealing cars and in jail. Yep. But he saw all that and he realized, I don't want that. And then he turned out to be the successful property owner, businessman, everything else. And, and you know, he grew up in the exact same environment, but he took a, a different road than what his parents and his siblings uh, uh, took. Yeah, and he so. probably
0: wanted to surround himself with other people that helped him get there, right? Absol- so well, almost disconnecting from, unfortunately, the family that is leading him down a path of a destruction. You're right. And you have to sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And you sometimes have to, you know, remove yourself from it. All right. So I'm going to take us into now the listener's question. And it kind of links quite nicely with character because we, we just talked about how uh, the people around us help build us, build that character. But the question, you know, is, uh, or the question is, uh, yes. is character the most important trait in hiring new individuals? And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this. And I've got a, f- I've got a few different things we talked about. We it's talked a question. about you know, a really question. good, really good question and um i actually asked for help outside of me and clint back over to <laughs> our our good friend uh, chat gtp but i'm going to give you our response to this first and then i'm going to give you chat gtp's chat gtp gtp's answer is valid um i wouldn't say it's one of my number ones but it is valid so yeah. for me and we talked about this it's kind of that 3f's you know fit form and function And I'm not talking about a pair of, you know, comfortable shoes uh, for walking. Lululemons. (laughs) The Lulus. Lulus. But what me and Clint were talking about was fit, form, and function. And when we talk about fit, we're talking about is it a good fit, you know, is the individual a good fit for the company from a personality perspective, from a skill perspective? And then when we talk about form, you know, do they have the uh, abilities or adaptabilities to form of the team are they an individual are they more of a team person how you know how will that work how would that person work within the organization and then function what is their role like what is the defined role that you are looking for and maybe the role is to replace somebody maybe the role is for like a temporary and and looking for a growth you know is that function are they capable of meeting the initial function And then are you planning for a long-term goal for this individual that's right
1: yeah yeah no i think it's it's important i always remember it as like kind of like the like the three f's as being like the three fits so fit for the company fit for or the form for your division that you're going to be working within and or is and is this person fit for the actual role that they're applying for you might have two of the three uh or maybe just one of the three um, but if you don't have all three, then then maybe it's not a good hire, right? Or if you have people that are maybe uh, all applying and they all have the exact same... Uh, like, I, I have an example here where you got six entry-level applicants into, like, an engineering role. They all went to school. They're all entry-level. They have the exact same resume. I right. mean, this is an example that we probably come across multiple times. That, to me, that's when character is the only thing that matters that's what you're looking for yeah it's a skill versus will everyone has the same skill set which one's going to show up every day which one's going to be uh you know a better fit for this team like so that's when you're really looking at the character and ask and that's when, how you probably want to custom tailor your not probably you're going to custom tailor your interview questions around character what questions. you want yeah yeah, yeah. not yeah. like explain to me how to you know create a autocad drawing on like this system like yeah, everybody's probably. going to answer the same but more uh, character developed questions, you know. So, um, and I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm doing the um thing again here, but I think that that's such an important piece to, to think about because, in your point earlier, it's not going to be the same for each each. No, it's
0: not. So, no. And, you know, my response to that question, you know, from the listener mm-hmm. is I'm going to, I really like the, the term ambition. I want somebody that has a, a, ambition coming into a new role and being authentic and grounded. Yeah. And when I, I mean, I use ambition because that's me when I first got out of university and started to work my way up the levels and rungs of leadership and, and get to where I, where I eventually would be at an executive level. It's so important for me that you have ambition, it's what kind of drove me. And so if if someone's coming in to a new role and they don't have the ambition, they just want to do the job, I would have some questions, especially if it's, you know, an entry level job or it's a job for a leader. Do you are you comfortable just being in a certain level? Are you ambitious to take it to the next level? Are you and being ambitious means you want to continually learn,
1: right? Because you can't be ambitious and just sit idle. Yeah, I think it's okay if somebody doesn't want to become a leader or if somebody just their their dream is just to always be an engineer. That's all they've ever wanted to be. But they don't want to be the manager of engineers. And that's fine because you need people like that. You yep. need the worker bees You need, and, and you can support them in that. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're not ambitious. That just means that they're not ambitious to become a leader. Correct. Right? So their goals might not be the same as yours. But yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I... You know, being authentic with it as well. So it's, you know, being authentic to yourself and who you are as a person and a human being is, is important too. You know, I and I asked uh, our good friend, ChatGTP, uh, ChatGTP4, and, you know, what did they suggest, right? And so I'm going to read uh, you, uh, ChatGTP4, the number one um, trait or, um, you know, personality that they are looking for. Uh, in a new employee, what did Chat GPT three say? <laughs> oh, I skipped right over three, went to four. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Number three not is 5G, gonna yeah, Five G, it's going to be six GG5 And so, Chat GTP four hit us with: uh, they suggest flexibility in today's workplo- work work uh, force and business is the most important um, trait for a new hire. Interesting. And they give me a little bit of. Um, information with it as well. So it's the, the the person, the new people in these new roles in business need to be adaptable as an individual. They can readily adjust their approaches and strategies and process to stay relevant and achieve goals effectively. So that was their number one suggestion from the bot um, to, to us as humans that they believe flexibility is the most important trait for a new hire. Great, great. It's interesting, right? I, I'm using it a bit more, just in in double checking fact finding. It's a it's a powerful and growing tool, and it's actually getting a little different, bit scary too. Different perspective, yeah.
1: And I'm sure it's it's. It's harvesting all these different opinions online, oh, and it's it just ga- it, It's one. a gatherer. It's yeah.
0: a it's a hunter and a gatherer. It's yeah, collecting exactly. everything from the internet and producing, you know, um, wordsmithing and, and corre- collecting this information from all over
1: the world. It's almost safe to say that what Chat GPT is telling you is what a consensus idea would be. Or, yeah, yeah,
0: the average result of the world's knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so the next. Uh, item we wanted to get into is how to stay connected uh, while working remote. And we, we talked about this initially in one of our first podcasts. I wanted to dig into it a little bit more because I thought of the importance of of working um, from home and remotely, how we were going to connect uh, with leaders, how we we're going to connect with our team and how important it is because it's now becoming kind of the norm. I would say that there's a lot more of working from home than there is, uh, or sure. working remote than working from an office with all your people. And Clint, maybe take us away because you're a very personable guy. Take us away with a couple of your kind of comments, or you know, a checklist of things that you think are most important with with uh, working remote and, and being connected with your team and your
1: leaders. Well, you know, of course, there's obvious ones where you know you got to set up video calls and check-in, and, and yeah, communication's key. I mean, with any relationship, whether it's with your, with your team, with your, with your leader, uh, with clients, I think communication's key. You just gotta make that time. Uh, if you don't, you know the old saying, if you don't schedule it, it doesn't exist, yeah. right? So yeah, get, yeah. get those time slots booked in, make sure that you're on the same page with your team members. Um, and the only way you know that is by spending that time and getting to know them mm-hmm. and understand how often they need, do they need a touch base?
0: Right. Some right, people
1: right. like a daily touch base. Yeah. Some people only want it once a week, or maybe once every two weeks. Maybe that's even too ambitious for them. So, so I think that's the big thing for me. And if you're, you know, if you're working remotely, if it's in the budget, uh, I wrote down here, take the trip. So, a lot of times, I've, yeah, I've take that trip. You yeah. take the trip. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I used to manage a, a remote work workforce. And I would go up and see them and and they would say, hey, you're the first manager I've seen here in eight months. Or, you know, you get those comments, right? Yeah. And it's not to say that the last manager didn't do a good job or the last leader didn't do a good job. It's that that what I got from that, though, is that that person wasn't listening to the team's needs. Right, right, right. You know, and it's nice. It's nice to be boots on the ground, getting your hands dirty with the team. It shows them that you're not afraid to to get out there with them And, and it's also, a lot more people. I find people tend to um, to, to give you more when you're face to face with them right, than right. you over the phone yeah. or through a video call. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, just taking that effort and that time to go visit the people too. And, and it has to fit the company's budget, right? So we are a in point, a difficult yeah. times, right? There's recession. There is a cost of living. Flights fuel is all exceeding. It's all expensive, yeah. and so we have to be cognizant and to control those budgets right and we're all driven by finance and so what's the most important for us to be successful and you know for me connecting with people is also about finding about what drives them yes talking about their family talking about their dog their children maybe their holidays um Sports Sports brings men together. I, and I know uh, the ladies of the world, too, are getting interested in football and, and baseball. Sports, you know, sports teams connect our, us. It brings everybody together. Yeah, sports I mean, teams uh, connect us.
1: Yeah, you, you look at it from a global scale. It's, um, I think it just brings people together in general and but i do agree with you it's it's getting to understand we'll say you know it's like a, it's like a salesman or a salesperson and uh and their client yeah. you have to know what makes those people tick before you can sell them something yeah, understand understand them absolutely yeah, yeah. and and you're right but and we talked about this before what's the driver like not everybody in your team wants to be your successor like they don't not everybody wants to get into leadership or maybe go down the same career path as you right. did maybe you have somebody that's close to retirement uh, maybe you have somebody that's working. This is just a stepping stone to get to into another division that they want. They want to get into the marketing side of things or they want to get into business development. How can you support them in their goals that aren't necessarily always a mirror of what your goals are? And But you, you're, to your point is what makes them tick? Why do they get out of bed in the morning? And yeah. you don't know that until you actually break bread and actually get to know them on a, on a personal level.
0: Yeah, and you don't have to actually phone and talk to your people and have video conferences about... Work all the time. Don't be a one-dimensional leader. You can't just pop in and go, "Hey, just check in and see how you're doing. How was your weekend? Start off with that. How was your weekend? How's the weather? We love talking about weather up in Canada because we have seasons. Some uh, different countries and areas don't even have seasons, so they love to hear about, "Hey, it's freezing here. It's snowing, or it's beautiful and sunny." We always talk about that. You, You can you can just make a phone call just to. See how people are doing. If you know someone's having surgery or you know someone's not feeling well or is sick, just popping in with a call, non business related, hey, I care about you, letting them know you care about them, and trying to say, you know, hey, I'm here for you if you need anything, if you need me to help you with something, I'm here because I know you're going through something and I want to support that. You know, sometimes we lose that common sense from a leadership perspective. We just want to see numbers. We want to see reports. We, you know, it's like it's constantly driving business and we lose that kind of human touch. We become almost robotic in nature. For sure. And we have our executive team and our shareholders going, well, you know, where's our numbers? Where's our finance? Where, how come we're not getting things done? And maybe not, we're not understanding that there's still a human a human side to the business. Well and there always will be and
1: you know and one thing you you learn through that exploration of getting to know somebody is that some people may not have the same personality type as you. There are individuals out there that are introverts. Maybe they don't even want to talk about the weather. Mm. Maybe they don't want Mm. that touch base, but you don't know until you know, right? Don't know Um, until you know. You know, like the five different love languages. They've written books on it. Oh, tons of it. Oprah did a thing on it, like words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch. Don't recommend touching any of your employees, (laughs) but... Unless they want to be touched. Maybe a high five, right? Or Or a a knuckle,
0: fist bumps, or a hug. There's hugs. But
1: knowing how to praise individuals mm-hmm. and what what their you know what their love language is yeah. you know um mark in accounting really likes gifts he likes a coffee every once in a while yeah. so I'm gonna, every time i see mark in accounting I guess what so i'm gonna bring him a starbucks and i'm gonna know exactly what he wants in it because that shows him that right. i care and you paid attention
0: you I paid attention it.
1: exactly
0: you know it's a special little treat i know some of the ladies that i work with uh, out in north carolina uh, they love nutella they bake with nutella at christmas time i'll send them tubs of nutella Yes. And they were like, hey, they, they sent us this uh, amazing gift of Nutella. So, um, you know, just knowing, you know, what makes them happy, what makes them tick. And then it, it helps connect us as, as, um, as leaders and, and, and employees of companies. Well,
1: you're building real relationships then, and that opens up the trust gate. And then you actually start getting like, you know, rubber hits the road, right? Yeah. Brass tacks. Now you know what Mark accounting is actually, what his aspirations are. You know his wife's name, where he sees himself in five years, and then you can help support him and his goals, and that really helps build that team up. In, in so
0: y- you just threw something out there, so and I'm gonna I'm gonna catch you on it. Yeah, uh, give me the definition of brass tacks. <laughs>
1: brass tax I don't I don't know where the so where, where, you're, you're, where just the you're just making things up like can I go you're
0: going to you're going to search should, it up like I'm not going to leave the people out here going well, what the hell, what is he talking about brass tax uh, okay. you can't make brass tax so it
1: it technically means to get down to the core of something or to get down to the issue or task at hand and it actually means like like thumb tax brass thumb yeah. tax so I thought, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was like a cowboy thing. <laughs> like,
0: Let's get like, down to those brass tacks.
1: What are those, like those spurs? spurs. Spurs. yeah. You
0: can you can hang posters with spurs. Brass
1: tacks, rubber where the rubber uh, rubber
0: meets, meets, the road. meets the road. You or guys the all get that. So it
1: would be the hooves hit the road. <laughs> the hooves hit the road. The brass cowboy tacks. You know, like when people say uh, when you need to make two ends meet. I always thought ends meet was, was two like was like of the, the meat like the end of a meat like like <laughs> two steaks meeting and yeah just like, like, <laughs> no, like like t-bones they're meeting it was like like Jason could barely make two ends meet what I always thought it was like like he was food? so poor he couldn't even afford the end of the meat it's only the same oh man yeah it's way I way love burnt
0: ends time. so burnt, bur- <laughs> yeah, yeah burnt ends are fed <laughs> yeah, are- uh, so y- you just. Just connecting with the people, and I think that's that's one of the mo- most important things to stay connected is um, scheduling the time, not being one dimensional, and really understanding of, you know the being heart being heartful and, and thoughtful and caring about what's inside the person versus just the business side of um, which is important, of course. But in order to connect, I think we need to connect with the heart.
1: I, I agree. Yeah, and then and then once you've connected at that level. It's a lot easier to be able to sit down with somebody and talk business with them mm-hmm. because they know exactly where you're coming from and they know it's coming from a safe place and not just a I'm your boss type of deal. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
0: and you're you're connected there. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to uh, work on the Cocktail Du Jour. Clint will give you a bit of the history of it because he's going to have it for us. I'll walk you through it. Um, it is going to be... Uh, Two parts because me and Clint like uh, a little bit stronger, but uh, it'll be two parts of vodka and it'll be uh, three parts of fever tree ginger beer. It will be a uh, lime wedge squeezed. So you will have the fresh lime juice in there and then a lime wedge garnish and it will be in a copper tin mug. And this is a real copper mug. Um, So there's the ones that are stainless steel on the inside with the copper sheen. Uh, these are the traditional copper all the way made uh, mugs that uh, they actually get the tarnish on them. That's a little bit of a different flavor to it, but it's the authentic Moscow Mule and how it's been been made. So I'm gonna make that for you right now, and Clint's gonna give you a bit of history, and we're gonna we're gonna tie this up.
1: Yeah, you know this episode's dedicated to my German grandmother, my Oma, and we're making a, uh, a Russian uh, cocktail. So, you know, the cocktail, the Moscow Mule, was something that we had decided on uh, before uh, my um, Olma passed away, unfortunately, last week. So we stuck with it, and we thought we would. We were going to dive into maybe a German cocktail of some sorts, but that would have been buying Jagermeister or some sort of schnapps, and we were just, uh, we are going with what we had here, so... But uh, as far as Wikipedia goes, a Moscow Mule is a cocktail made with vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice. It's garnished with a slice or a wedge of lime and a sprig of mint. Now, the slice of lime, also known as the pinwheel, the drink is a type of is a type of buck, and is sometimes called a vodka buck. Well, okay, so buck and mule, I get that. So, buck meaning like. A deer and a male deer, and we'll buck you off that horse, cowboy. We'll buck you off the horse. That's right. It's probably because it punches you right in the face with the ginger beer. <laughs> the Moscow Mule is uh, popular and uh, across North America. It's served within a copper mug and takes on the cold temperature of the liquid, and it helps make and uh, and keep the liquid cold inside. Some pop public health ath- uh, authorities ad uh, advertised and recommended that copper mugs be plated with nickel or stainless steel on the inside and the lip, but it has been disputed whether the time and acidity involved in the drinking of the Moscow Mule would be enough to leach out the 30 milligrams of copper per liter needed to cause copper toxicity. Well, that is an interesting fact. Copper toxicity. You can get sick from drinking out of a copper mug
0: yeah but how long there is no way that this is going to be in the copper mug for longer than 10 minutes ah uh, yes yeah like it's not absorbed we don't leave this overnight in a copper mug before we drink it we we drink it and we drink it quickly because it's a copper mug it literally says it keeps it cold but it uh, doesn't
1: really. Well, keep it I, exactly so yeah it's for the look okay we've got one here it's beautiful <laughs> looks fantastic did you get a photo uh no. Okay, we'll do that after. Okay. Okay. Oh, those are always good. That is absolutely really good. Yeah, that hits the spot.
0: That's really good. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I think even if you didn't like ginger beer, you'd still like a Moscow meal.
0: Yeah, and the Fever Tree is an organic ginger beer. Um, it's a little bit more spicy than uh, kind of the other ones you'll find at the store, and they use. Proper ingredients, so you pay a little bit more for the fever tree, but you're getting that quality. And if you're gonna mix it with a nice um, vodka, you know you want to bring out the flavor of the ginger.
1: I don't say this about many of Jason's cocktails, but this is probably <laughs> yeah, the best cocktail you've ever made me. That's an easy one. Yeah, it's easy. Well, you're good at it
0: too. Yeah, I, I like making them. I have the mugs. I we drink quite a few of these. And uh, so for us, I'm gonna have uh, Clint take us out uh, with Oma's uh, favorite singer. And uh, today we're gonna be uh, heading out with uh, Jonas Kaufman. And Clint, you're gonna tell us a song, and uh, we're gonna head out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate you, love you, and uh, in tribute to Oma.
1: Yeah, thanks, everybody. And Jonas Kaufmann, a German opera singer, sings in multiple languages. If you don't know who he is, I highly recommend checking him out. Every single time I went to my Oma's house in North Vancouver in the last 15 years, she was listening to him every single time. So I know a lot of his music. Uh, this one, I'm probably uh, butchering the name here, but Nessun Dorma, and I believe it's sung in German, and we're going to uh, outro you guys in, uh, in this here, so enjoy.